0: She's here to give you those extra tips that you don't always get from other health and wellness programs. Kristen has all the bases covered, and just a bit more. Now, here is your host, Kristen Harper.
1: Hello, listeners. This is Kristen Harper, a radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on VoiceAmerica.com, on the Health and Wellness channel, and also on X in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm um, really excited about this episode. I've been excited uh, for a while now, and it's definitely an honor to be able to talk to uh, Dr. Kelly Harding. Uh, she is an MD, and we will be talking about her amazing book, uh, which is titled Live Longer, Happier, and Healthier with the Groundbreaking Science of Kindness, the Rabbit Effect. And we will be talking about what is missing in medicine that is crucial to health. We will also talk about the mind-body connection, also how to live longer, happier, and healthier. And I also would like to talk to her about this 1978 study involving rabbits. And uh, let me go over her bio before I actually uh, bring her in. So, Dr. Kelly Harding She is an assistant professor of psychiatry at Columbia University Medical Center. She is a diplomat of the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology, as well as boarded in the specialty of psychosomatic mind body medicine. Uh, Dr. Harding works in the emergency room at New York Presbyterian Hospital and has appeared on Today, Good Morning America, NPR. The New York Times, Medscape, WFUV's Cityscape, and U.S. News and World Report. It is an honor to have Dr. Kelly Harding on my radio show.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Kristen. It's my pleasure to be with you and your listeners.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an honor, and uh, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing
2: great actually. Yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. Um the book has been generating a lot of conversation about kindness and how we can all take better care of each other. So I have to say it's been extremely rewarding for me as a doctor to hear those conversations happening all across the country.
1: Yeah, it's um it's so wonderful. And I know um your book was mentioned New York Times uh article, which uh, is titled, You're Not Going to Kill Him with Kindness, You'll Do Just the Opposite, and then also, just recently, I went over to Amazon, and you had amazing reviews, so that's really exciting. Oh, that's so nice to hear.
2: Well, thank you. Um, yeah, no, it's. I have to say, it's just, well, you know, in the work that you do, you know, you put so much of yourself into into everything, and, you know, you... This is something that's so critically important, and I have worked a long time to try to make sure that people who are listening and all of us far outside of hospitals and clinics have an idea about how important kindness is to our health, and I think we happen to be in like a really critical moment for that right now, so I'm grateful for you and for all the people that are you know, really creating cultures of kindness in all the areas of their
1: lives. Yes, absolutely. Um, Kindness is uh, so uh, crucial to health. And uh, before I get into asking you questions, uh, uh, you know, especially about this uh, book and uh, mind-body connection and more, uh, would you be able to talk more about your background in medicine? Uh, I would like to learn more about you and also your expertise uh, working in the emergency room. And the reason being is I do have a lot of respect for uh, physicians. You know, all the uh, dedication that you put into medical school and all the years uh, uh, working with patients, I do have a lot of respect, so I'd just like to learn more about you. Oh, sure. So,
2: um, you know, so I went to medical school because I really wanted to help people live healthy lives, and so for me, what that meant is really, you know, diving into the books and, and doing absolutely everything I could to learn about the human body. And one of the things that was so interesting that it really ended up leading to me writing The Rabbit Effect is, you know, once I would sort of studied all the textbooks and was ready to see patients on the wards, you know, I started to notice this mismatch where, you know, um, what I was seeing didn't line up with the textbook description. So in other words, two patients with the same diagnosis that would have two very different courses of illness or uh, patients with a very serious diagnosis and then you meet them and they're feeling and functioning quite well. Or the flip side of that, you know, patients where medically people look sort of squeaky clean, like you can't find anything on the labs, you know, all the imaging, the physical, everything looks okay. And um, because of that, Um, They're still not, but even despite that, they're still not feeling or functioning well. So um, with all of that, I ended up thinking that there was something to do with the mind-body connection, and I was sort of wondering, what are we missing in medicine? And that's really been this big question that has, you know, eluded me because I think, you know, many, many clinicians and for people that are listening that work in healthcare or even with your own family members, you've seen this sometimes where, People defy expectations all the time, and how do we better account for that? So um, so I thought it had to do with the mind-body connection. I studied first internal medicine and then psychiatry, and then I still didn't feel I had the answers. So I ended up actually doing a research fellowship at Columbia University here in New York City that looked at medically unexplained symptoms. I got boarded in what's known as psychosomatic medicine, and clinically I was still seeing the mystery in the emergency room every day with the patients I was seeing. So um, it led me down this, I guess you could say rabbit hole, Till I heard about the rabbit study. So that's actually why the book is called The Rabbit Effect.
1: <laughs> okay, that's uh, really uh, fascinating. So uh, before we get into your book, would you be able to talk about this study, this 1978 study that's in, it's actually included in your book and uh, it just talks about, uh, you know, establishing the relationship between high blood cholesterol and heart health in rabbits.
2: Right, so... Like many of the most interesting scientific studies, it was designed entirely for a different purpose, but what it had was researchers that were really paying attention, and so um, the The way I learned about it is in this sort of mystery of trying to figure out what are we missing, one of my research mentors, this really lovely fellow at Harvard whose name is Arthur Barsky, said, you know, I heard about this study involving rabbits and how the social environment impacted health, and you might want to check it out. So so I tracked it down, and actually tracked down the researcher who did the study, a really lovely person named Dr. Robert Niram, and he's a basic scientist. And he was, you know, back in the late 1970s, there was this question of you know, does a high-fat diet affect heart health? And so they were setting it by, you know, basically giving genetically identical rabbits a high-fat diet, and they expected all the rabbits to have the same cardiac profile, but in fact, one group of rabbits had way better health outcomes, like a 60% better health outcomes than all the other rabbits. And so at first, they thought there was something wrong with the experiment, So they like checked everything out. Everything looked okay, and then they looked up and they realized that all the rabbits that did better were under the care of the same researcher. And she wasn't just feeding the rabbits their kibble. She was picking them up. She was petting the rabbits. She was talking to the rabbits. You know, she was basically giving them kindness. And so they thought, you know, much to Dr. Niram's credit, he thought, could it be that somehow our social, the social act of being kind was impacting these animals physiology. So sure enough, he repeated the study this time with really tightly controlled conditions and got the exact same finding. And they published it in the journal Science, which is a really prestigious journal. And, you know, like many wonderful journal articles, sometimes they just end up sitting on the shelf and not necessarily getting implemented into everyday care. So that that study for me was incredibly eye-opening and it had this feeling of this is what we're missing so I actually ended up crossing the street literally at Columbia um, to the School of Public Health where I discovered that there are decades of studies showing how our social world impacts our health and Kristen when I say you know impacts our health it is the major impact of our health like you know medical care is absolutely critical for every human being but it probably only accounts for about 10 to 20 percent of our overall health status and the rest of that our genes play somewhat of a role but the rest of it is our day-to-day social interactions and how we're treated in those interactions.
1: Wow. So I'm so um, glad you wrote this book. It's uh, so important and just to reach a lot of people because I don't know how you feel about this, but uh, Americans are extremely unhealthy. Would you agree? Right. Yeah, so
2: that was actually part of the reason that I felt so inclined to also write this because. You know, we know when we look at our population data, well, first of all, I mean, I've had family members in the hospital and we all know, you know, the cost of medical care is exorbitant. It's so expensive and it's, you know, one of the top reasons that people go bankrupt. Um, You know, many people with young children who unexpectedly have, you know, a kid in the ICU or a preemie, you know, it affects all of us in different ways. And if it hasn't affected, you know, you who's listening right now, it's probably affected somebody you know. Um, and so we're paying, you know, when you look at other wealthy nations, we're paying almost double compared to other nations. And when you look at our outcomes across the board, you know, if we were to sort of do like a checkup on how we're doing in terms of our health status, we're not, we're not doing great. So, You know, the things that we look at are, um, you know, markers of, you know, sort of like across the board, whether it's... You know, whether it's the likelihood of a child reaching her fifth birthday, uh, we perform far worse than the other wealthy nations, whether it's things like, you know, heart disease, obesity, suicide, homicides, um, premature death across the board, we do worse, and yet we're paying so much more. Um, And still, you know, one in ten of us don't have health care and have to also worry about what happens if we get sick. So, you know... It felt as though, with that in the background, that it was extra critical that this message get out. So, you know, I'm a doctor, I work in a hospital setting, and it's, you know, all I was doing was seeing patients, but I felt like this is a message that actually really needs to be out in our communities, it needs to be in our neighborhoods, it needs to be, you know, in our social circles and, you know, all the places that we gather because this, in our workplaces too, all of this impacts our health way more than even what's happening in the hospital.
1: Yes, um, absolutely. That's why I'm just so happy that the book is out and it's uh, reaching people and um, I'm just really happy that my listeners are able to uh, listen to this uh, interview. So, uh, before we go to break here, would you just be able to give more of a, a summary of your book, The Rabbit Effect?
2: Sure. So, and where can the my listeners effect... go
1: to uh, purchase the book as well? Oh, sure. So, so, The Rabbit Effect is, it
2: comes down to how kindness saves lives, and you know, it's a story of all of us, and how our connections to each other are so critical for our health, and I try to illuminate that with lots and lots of stories and research and try to tell it in an engaging way. And it's available everywhere, you know, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, independent booksellers, your local library. It should it should be everywhere.
1: That's amazing. And I just uh, highly encourage listeners to uh, uh, purchase this book. And uh, Dr. Harding, I'm like a, a big reader. I mean, my passion is reading books. I, I plan to get this book. And um, I'm, I'm just so grateful that you're uh, able to uh, help the world. I just think this is such an important book. So uh, we need to go to a quick break here. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com, which is the largest live internet radio network in the world and also on KFNX. And my special guest for today is Dr. Kelly Harding. She's an MD and her book Live longer, happier, and healthier with the groundbreaking science of kindness, The Rabbit Effect. Please stay tuned and we'll be back very soon. you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle. The Voice America interactive radio player powered by Aircast gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for your iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon or Google Play. Kristen
0: Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to KristenHarperSpeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com and K-R-I-S-T-E-N HarperSpeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. Now, back to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated.
1: This is Kristen Harper, video show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on VoiceAmerica.com, on the Health and Wellness Channel, and also on and X. And today's episode is all about live longer, happier, and healthier with a groundbreaking science of kindness. Uh, The Rabbit Effect. Uh, My special guest is Dr. Kelly Harding. She's an MD, and we have been uh, talking about her book and the importance of kindness and her background in medicine. And so, uh, Dr. Harding, uh, what else is missing in medicine? We talked about the importance of kindness. Is there anything else that you feel is missing in medicine? For example, like love and... Other areas. So in the book,
2: (laughs) so, you know, again, the goal is for all of us to live as happy and healthy lives as possible, even with diseases that may come our way, because, you know, human bodies are prone to these things. So it's important that we navigate health in a way that when stuff comes up, we're able to manage it and still function and feel well. So, um, you know, part of how I got interested in what we're missing in medicine is, thinking about you know what what is it that m- helps some people do well despite the odds and um, what it really came down to like we were talking about are these sort of hidden factors of health and the big hidden factor is our connection to other people. and this is Kristen in all the different areas of our are lives. So for our listeners, you know sort of I almost think of it as like a ripple out from the body. so it's sort of you know what's happening in our homes in our one-on-one relationships there, also what's happening in our friendships, what's happening in our schools and workplaces, and what's happening in our communities, what's happening in terms of what I call the golden rule, how are we treating others and how are they treating us in broader society, and then, you know, issues that affect all of us, including, you know, things like talking about Past histories of traumatic experiences and all that—it it impacts our bodies in profound ways. That you know, as a physician, I was absolutely shocked by.
1: Yes, um, I'm uh, Dr. Harding. I'm glad you brought up the golden rule. That's something that I've always stood by ever since I was young. Is you treat others the like way you want to be treated. So I just think that's uh, so important. And. uh Uh, So, I mean, Dr. Harding, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but I just feel like in the United States, it's like everyone's just on the go, rush, 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 you know, go to work and then pick up the kids and then come home. And I feel like in other countries, you know, it can be more laid back. Like I I even uh, uh, lived in Europe for a little while and it was like after lunch, um, you know, go for a walk and then you take a nap before going back to work. So do you feel like that plays a role as well? Is this with our hectic lifestyles here in the United States? Absolutely. And it's so it's both feeling
2: rushed a lot and overwhelmed with stuff to do. We're always busy, busy, busy. And um, I know when I have three kids, too, so it happens to all of us. But um, we know that people, when they slow down, actually are there's studies that show that people tend to be kinder when they slow down. So, you know, inserting those little breaks in the day where you can, and sometimes it's a mental break, and oftentimes it involves You know, putting down our phone or taking a break from technology for a little while. Um, You know, technology is wonderful. It connects us all, but at the same time, we also, for our brains, need a little bit of downtime. And you mentioned the siesta. So actually, Spain is poised to overtake Japan as the longest living country in the world. And I believe it's 2060. But, um, and part of that is thought because um, it's, you know, often we think about like, you know, diet and exercise and all that stuff. But another big piece of it is sort of that cultural component. And it could be that, you know, taking a nap in the afternoon or a siesta is actually good for health too because there are other studies that show that um, it reduces the risk of heart disease and stroke. And, you know, it's sort of a simple 20 to 25-minute optimum nap can make a huge difference in health. But, you know, for many of us and probably many listeners, if you don't work at home telecommuting or um, or in the home, then it may require sort of changing your workplace culture so that that's sort of seen as an acceptable thing. I know a lot of workplaces now have nap pods and things like that.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's uh, very important for uh, health. And uh, so what would you recommend for, let's say, um, elders who are lonely that they don't really have any uh, support and they're lonely Would you have any recommendations for them at all? Just curious. Yeah, so
2: absolutely. So we know that loneliness is as big a risk factor to help as well-established risk factors. It's actually considered more of a risk factor than being overweight, um, smoking 15 cigarettes a day, heavy alcohol use, even high blood pressure. So we want to pay attention to our relationships. So I say this goes both ways for listeners sort of thinking about this, Um, you know, if you are feeling lonely, is something that happens to all of us, no matter who you are. And if it goes on for a little while, it's okay. It's when it becomes, because it can often motivate us to reach out to somebody. It's when it feels prolonged, it becomes a challenge. And so, um, and that's where the negative health effects start to happen. So, you know, do what you can to reach out. And, you know, that may mean, you know, signing up for a class, which is a really great thing to do. They're often free classes that like, your local library um or you know you can try to do something that involves volunteering, which is, you know, we know that volunteers live longer, which is exciting and is health protective across the board. So, find something you're passionate about, interested, and show up. Um, the other thing I like to recommend to people is to invite a friend and even if they say no, just the act of reaching out in itself is a positive thing because we know when it comes to loneliness, it's both quality and quantity of relationships. So, um, you know, even tiny little, what they are known as weak ties or, you know, interactions during your day, like at the grocery store, at the coffee shop, at the restaurant, those things actually add up. So, you know, we live in like a hyper technology world where we're all like looking at our, you know, our our credit card with the chip instead of looking into the eyes of the person across from you. But you know, do what you can to try to increase those connections and, and get out there. And then the flip side of that, Kristen, is also for those of you that are listening, if you know of somebody who might be feeling lonely or isolated, I'd say reach out to them. You know, You know, just a phone call, even a text to say, I'm thinking about you, can be really meaningful. So, you know, that's sort of the homework assignment for everyone listening is to think of somebody who's been kind to them that they haven't talked to in a while and to reach out to them. It's really rewarding.
1: It is. I just think it's so important to be kind to everyone and just give respect to everyone. And, like, I don't know, like here in Tempe, Arizona, where I live, I've just been, um, I've been down here for about a year and I'm originally, I uh, lived in, uh, Lake Havasu City for over 10 years and then moved down to Tempe about a year ago. But I've just seen quite a few homeless people down here in the city out. They just, you know, come up to me and it's just like I try to be so kind to them, you know, cause I know they're going through a difficult times. Just being kind to everyone. Yeah. You know? I think,
2: yeah, no, so kindness, and that's the other thing, is you never know the difference that you're making in someone's life. And, you know, sometimes, especially here in New York City, there are a lot of people that are living in poverty and living on the streets, and it's really important that, you know, we look people in the eye, and even if we don't have money or food to necessarily give them, just to acknowledge that they're there is really, you know, by acknowledging somebody else that is such a fundamental part of being a human being and to feel acknowledged. We all know we feel good when we feel seen. And so you, that's something that costs nothing and we can all do. Um, you know, I think the other thing about kindness that's important to think about is, you know, it's not like the world is divided into like kind people and unkind people. You know, the reality is we all have our moments. We're all humans. You know, my kids like to remind me I've written a book about kindness. Like, um, it's the kind of thing where we have to it's a practice. And, you know, there are going to be times we don't succeed at it. and, And that's okay, too. But we have to just keep trying. And I think, you know, for me writing The Rabbit Effect, the idea was I want people to know that it's not just about outcomes. We have to be thinking about how we're treating people in the process. And, you know, I also want to mention this because it's a really big deal. It turns out two of the biggest areas of our health that are totally ignored for the most part, are our workplaces and our schools. So, um, wow. you know, you want to do what you can to support the people that you work with. And it doesn't matter if you are, you know, the CEO of the company or the boss or, you know, if you are sweeping the floors at night, like you, every single person plays a role in their culture of their workplace, and they can make a difference. That's what's so exciting because, you know, studies have also shown that every single person actually has way more influence than they realize to make the positive ripples around them. So, you know, even little niceties about asking, you know, how people are doing, what's going on with their family, like those things actually really matter because we know that this is the other really interesting thing. We know that people are actually more productive... And more successful ultimately when they feel relaxed and supported because um, we know from brain studies that, you know, and you can think about an example from your own life when you're feeling stressed, you're not usually using, like, your best parts of your executive functioning or your brain. You know, we tend to be more in our primitive brains. It's more reactionary and not as creative. So, um, so it makes sense that our workplaces where we feel supported actually do better. And also, which is very exciting, is people take less sick days when they feel supported and they also often end up using far less healthcare, um, which is also very encouraging. Because we know that you know, we know that stress is so negative for our bodies and kindness buffers stress and we get that in all these different areas of our life.
1: Yes, um, I believe it completely. And so, uh, Dr. Harding, um, in terms of your book, is there any other studies that you want to bring up at all that's in your book? <laughs> I guess. So, would there are like, like to share? hundreds of studies. There
2: are hundreds of that's studies what in so the so book, glad, I'm I'll... so
1: glad you backed this up, my studies. That's amazing. Well, I think that's what's kind of funny about it because,
2: you know, we all we all know it's, you know, one of the basic things we probably all learned in kindergarten is to be kind to our friends and the people around us and but yet, you know, it's funny somewhere we lose that in our process of all the things that happen in the world and it's really it's very heartening to come back to it and say like actually, you know, there's so much data that this is so critical for us and, you know, if you're having a slight inkling and you, every minute of our day we're given multiple choices and, you know, what can you do to infuse a little kindness into the situation? You know, we also know that people on average have about eight conflicts a day <laughs> with their families. Like, you know, so conflict is common. A big part of this is actually learning to navigate conflict in a way that doesn't demean the other person, like where you focus on the problem and not the, the person.
1: Yes, um, absolutely. So, uh, uh, Dr. Harding, uh, we're getting close to another break here. Um, but uh, what would your recommendations be? Let's say that there's a, a patient, um, you know, a person that is just struggling with their health, and maybe it's even it has to do with like a addiction or emotional trauma. Uh, what would you recommend for that person? And as far as uh, improving their health and living a long, happy, healthier life? Well,
2: we know that, I mean, that's the thing. We know there's so much pain out there and it's not the kind of pain that's necessarily going to get fixed with, you know, in a doctor's office and with medicine and, you know, sort of looking at all these different areas of our lives, where can we add support? We also know that, you know, kindness is good for the giver and the receiver. So, you know, being kind to yourself is also a big piece of this. So, you know, the elephant in the room, and we were talking about this a little earlier, is, is mental health, like just acknowledging that, yeah. you know, how your emotional well-being is is a big part of your physical health too and doing what you can to get support in any of the ways that works in your life. And there's so many options out there.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's uh, exactly what I want to talk about is the mind-body connection after break. Uh, Just that, uh, you know, practitioners or even uh, physicians, and they're just looking at uh, the body and um, uh, biochemical means. Uh, There's so much more to that. It's all about the mind-body connection. Uh, so, listeners, we need to go to a quick break here. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com, on the Health and Wellness Channel, and also on KFNX. And, and my special guest for today is Dr. Kelly Harding. She's an MD, and she authored the book, Live Longer, Happier, and Healthier with the Groundbreaking Science of Kindness, the Rabbit Effect. Please stay tuned, and we'll be back very soon.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching and become the best version of yourself. Are you
2: ready to live to 100? join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and
0: Wellness this channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. That's K R I S T E N at kristenharperspeaks.com now back to tips to keep you healthy happy and motivated
1: this is kristen harper radio show host my show is tips to keep you healthy happy and motivated on voiceamerica.com on the health and wellness channel and also on X. and today's episode is all about Live Longer, Happier and Healthier with the Groundbreaking Science of Kindness, and it's the rabbit effect, and Dr. Kelly Harding, MD, is the author. We've been talking about her amazing book, and I'd uh, like to get into now just the mind-body connection. I feel it's so important that we also address the mind, and not just... um uh, focusing on a healthy lifestyle and supplements and mineral imbalances, heavy metal toxicity. There's so much more to that and that's why I really appreciate uh, Dr. Kelly Harding's uh, expertise, um, the mind-body uh, connection. And the reason I, I say this is um, as far as my uh, background, I, I went through some difficult times in my life and I had a eating disorder in my past. I uh, went through uh, trauma and, and more and uh, I realized that the mind is just um, very powerful and uh, what caused my addiction, my eating disorder was I had a limiting belief in my unconscious mind that created my reality of my eating disorder and so I feel like it's very important to ground ourselves with the earth, bring energy down our bodies, away from the mind, you know, quiet our mind. And so what helped me was uh, meditation on a daily basis. I still meditate every single day, and I was able to overcome my eating disorder because of the meditation. But also what helped me too, and I'd like to talk to you about this because I know you have uh, studies in your book in regards to nature, and nature also helped me. So what I would do when I had my eating disorder is I would go for walks out in nature on a regular basis, And that quieted my mind as well and helped me to overcome my eating disorder. So, uh, Dr. Harding, would you be able to talk more about the importance of nature?
2: Absolutely. And actually, Kristen, I was just going to say that I tremendously value your courage in talking about your experience, too, because I think something that's so important for listeners is especially, you know, I think when traumatic experiences happen to us, we feel so alone and that we can't tell people about it and there's so much shame around it. And I think, you know, by people like yourself that are courageously talking about things that have happened, it lets other people know that they're not alone. And that's a real service and gift because they're It's so much compassion in that. So thank you. Um, The other thing I was going to say is we know that trauma is incredibly common. Um, You know, there's this thing called ACEs. Um, You might have heard of ACEs scores. It's adverse childhood experiences. And we know that every other person you pass on the street has a history of a traumatic experience. And, you know, that may vary in degree, but we also know that what happens to us is, kids actually profoundly affects our body and our mind as adults, and if those things aren't addressed and that we're not able to get to some sort of post-traumatic growth that they can affect us, you know, physically and mentally. And so, you know, one of the big things that's happening around the country is people are talking... ACEs and you can actually go online and it's if you just type in ACEs too high you can take a little quiz and see how you score and again it's really common to have ACEs and you know it's also really important in the book I make the analogy it's sort of as common as smoking used to be where you'd you know walk into every room felt like there was smoke everywhere and people weren't sure how it was affecting health and now we know that about trauma too so, um, so again thank you as, as far as nature goes, so, you know, this is one of those things that is just so profound and I think in our bodies we know it. We feel good when we're in nature and it turns out it's got a really positive impact on our immune system. So, we know that exposure to parks in nature increases white blood cells known as natural killer cells that help fight off tumor growth and infection. Um, There's some really fun studies that show... For patients whose rooms in the hospital look out on gardens versus a brick wall, say, Um, they recover sooner from surgeries. They require less pain medicine. Interestingly, the nursing staff notices they don't ask for as much help and stuff, um, they tend to fare better. Um, You know, there's also studies showing that people living on streets with more trees have significantly lower rates of antidepressant prescriptions, and this is even, they control for income with those studies, which is quite interesting. Um, There's also these large population studies. A lot of them are actually done in the UK that show that uh, the mental health boost from being near a park is equivalent to being married. Um, And that also, you know, greenery we know can boost. um, It's amazing. It not only boosts well-being, but there's studies mostly done in the Philadelphia area that show greening vacant lots can actually reduce gun violence, which is pretty incredible too. So, you know, our... Our social world and our environment profoundly affect our physical and mental health. And, you know, that's why I wrote The Rabbit Effect is to try to draw attention to that. And what's exciting is while we can't get in and change our genes necessarily, we can do a lot to improve, you know, our our green spaces, our parks. You know, we can gather together people to do a park cleanup or plant flowers or trees in our neighborhood and, you know, or to paint a beautiful mural involving kids like we can do lots of wonderful things so um, I just want to encourage the people who are listening to think about what they can do in their life to you know improve their neighborhoods to improve their relationships and to invest in much as in those things you know as they are in like diet and exercise because it turns out it's profoundly important to our health
1: what happens in childhood uh, can definitely affect your health later on in life Yeah, absolutely, and
2: I think it's so important because I think a lot of us walk around with that feeling, and sometimes when you talk about it, it makes it more manageable, and the other thing is just knowing so many other people feel that way, too. So, you know, for listeners, I do what you can to reach out to somebody and boost a positive connection, Um, and again, you know, sometimes that won't be reciprocated, but we know that just the act of doing it is a positive in itself.
1: Yes, I I believe just to be around uh, positive people, uh, have a, you know positive environment, positive friends, people that believe in you, support you, are there for you, it's so important. And uh, I, I want to get into uh, last part of this interview here is I, I would like to talk about uh, life's purpose, and I, I feel in my heart that everyone has a life's purpose, and I feel that people should uh, find it as soon as possible, and will really help you, especially if you're going through difficult times in your life. If you know your life's purpose, it will help you to keep persisting in life and to never give up, and you'll have that passion. And um, how I found my life's purpose was actually through meditation, and I discovered it, I don't know how many, Wonderful. quite a few years ago, I, I, I discovered it, I was just doing meditation, like, on a daily basis, and all of a sudden, one day, it just came to me during meditation. And so, uh, I would like to... Uh, talk to you about, like, what, if you could give me your feedback on um, the importance of uh, finding your life's purpose. Sure. Well, first of
2: all, isn't that a wonderful story? I think that speaks to, Kristen, that idea of when our mind is relaxed and if we can create that relaxed mindset, whether it be, you know, going for a walk in nature or through meditation or, you know, for some people it can be like exercise of some sort, but um, what a wonderful example because, that when we're in that space of a relaxed brain we tend to think more creatively and ideas just sort of like come to us sometimes in the most exciting way. So um so having a sense of purpose and purpose can change over somebody's lifetime too. You know, at one point it may be, you know, getting that degree or it may be helping people in a certain way or you know, caring for your children or caring for one of your parents or your spouse um and that may change over time and that's okay too. The the thing that's so interesting though is um, There are all these fascinating studies showing that people with a sense of purpose and usefulness are at a significantly reduced risk of all causes of death. I mean, just think about that. That's pretty amazing. Like. If we were to, you know, take this as a tablet, we'd probably all take it all the time, but it's really, you know, having something that gets you up and out of bed is critically important for all human beings. We're just innately social creatures, and what is exciting for me is sometimes that doesn't even have to be something like really big, like saving the world or doing something like that. It can be as simple. There's studies showing that even having a plant to care for can help boost somebody's mental functioning, so, you know, like really just... It's Think about tiny things that you can do that add a sense of feeling useful to your day or to the day of the loved ones around you. You know, I want to mention, because this is such a pervasive issue, is um, around um, dementia, we know that um, people function better if they have a strong sense of purpose, and um, and that is irrespective of what their brain shows in terms of the burden of, like, plaques and tangles of disease. So, um, we know that in part because of these what are known as prospective studies where they follow a group of people without a diagnosis of dementia and also how it correlates with their life purpose. People who reported a higher life purpose you know, functioned and lived longer than people who didn't have a sense of purpose. And then what was so interesting is that on, after they died and they looked at their brains, they saw that it didn't matter how much, how much, how much disease was sort of in there in terms of the plaques and tangles, which is fascinating because that's sort of what led me down this path regardless, you know, this idea of, what are we missing? How is it that some people with really not great diagnoses still manage to function well? So it, it really comes down to our mental health and having a sense of connection and purpose in our life is so critical. So if you don't know what that purpose is and you're feeling kind of lost, like follow your curiosity, show up to a class, volunteer. And, you know, we know education is incredible for our health and we can do that our entire lives. And that's what's so exciting. So, and whether it's an online course or an in-person course, you know, do what you can to get out there and learn
1: something new. Yeah, so listeners, if you want to live longer, happier, and healthier, then it's all about a connection, dignity, love, friendship, community, life's purpose, environment, and so um, I really enjoyed uh, speaking with you, uh, Dr. Harding, and uh, where can my listeners go as far as your website, and also I'd like to know what your future plans are. In terms of um, speaking, oh. <laughs> I know that you're involved with speaking engagements. And, you know you're a very busy person. So, well, I was going to say one of the
2: things. Um, one of the things that's so meaningful to me has been this opportunity to talk with so many people around the country and around the world. It's starting too about the importance of how we treat one another and and you know having a. Respectful civil dialogues about the things that are challenges and um, so so I'm doing lots of of speaking and then um, I have a website where I post speaking engagements um it's kelly harding m d so i'm i'm you know i'm a Doctor, so I'm just learning to post all my stuff on my website, but I'm I'm really trying, and um, I'm on social media on Instagram at uh, Kelly Harding, MD, and on Twitter at Harding Kelly, I believe. So, um, and also I I love to connect with readers, and I feel like there is um there is a movement afoot of people who are really trying to make the world a kind place. Every listener out there, you have it in your power to change the world around you, and just realize you really do. And it's so important that we do what we can because our our individual and our collective health depends on it.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, this book is uh, definitely going to uh, change the world, and I just think it was like a really perfect time that it came out because I just really feel that this is needed. And so, um, again, I just recommend that you get this book and I definitely plan to, uh, purchase it. And I'm really looking forward to, I'm really into, uh, checking out studies and, uh, looking forward to, it, cause I know you have a bunch of studies in, in your book. And, uh, uh, Dr. Harding, I just, uh, thank you so much for this book and, uh, coming on my show today. And I really appreciate you, uh, helping so many people. Oh, absolutely, Kristen. My my pleasure. And um yeah,
2: thank you for all that you're doing and for talking about these really important issues.
1: You are doing your Thank you so much. And uh make sure you tune in every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time and I'd love to hear from you as well so if you could please uh, send me an email to Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N at KristenHarperSpeaks.com and let me know what topics you would like to hear in the future when it comes to uh, health and wellness And also, if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, uh, please send me an email. And your business will get a lot of exposure because Voice America is the largest live internet radio network in the world. I have had amazing guests on my show, uh, including uh, physicians, uh, researchers, influencers. I've had celebrities on my show. And uh, my show is all about health and wellness, but taking a natural approach. And then also, uh, I would really appreciate it if you could give... This show of five stars on iTunes, and uh, also if you would like to learn more about uh, the services I offer as well, my websites are perfecthealthconsultingservices.com. dot com. I do offer hair analysis, quantum biofeedback. Uh, Nest Health as well and in the future we'll be offering Brainwave Entrainment and then my speaking website is KristenHarperspeaks.com, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, Harperspeaks.com, a health and wellness speaker and I absolutely love this episode, uh, today and, uh, it's all about kindness and wishing everyone a healthy and happy week. Many blessings.